a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. A half-blood of the eldest gods shall listen to this bonus show against all odds. I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. And I'm Ray from Cabin 12. Woo! You remembered your cabin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's on the script, so it's not that impressive. This is the first time you're actually reading from a script. I'm so proud of you. Aww. So, we read uh, the most classic of classics, I think, possible. Well, I mean, it's it's like the original story. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. The oldest story. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense to me. It does. Just going through it. it... Oh. Well, oh. no, I mean, like... Um, I don't know, like, how you want to structure this episode exactly, but, like, just reading through it, there's a kind of purity. Like, Uh. um, despite the fact that there's, like, a shit ton of sex and violence in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, like, this, this innocence to the storytelling. It's like, it's like shonen anime on steroids. (laughs) Oh my god, is there is there a shonen about the Epic of Gilgamesh? I mean, they're basically all the Epic of Gilgamesh a little bit. But I, I wanna know, is there anything that's like a good adaptation of Gilgamesh at me if you've ever heard of a good adaptation? <laughs> my goodness. Um so yeah, that's what we read. We read the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um we we both read the the I sent you the the version. Yeah, you sent that... me the right translation. I yeah. may have not exactly um purchased the translation. Oh, <laughs> but I did oh. read the one you sent me, so that's fine. It's okay. Um, we yeah, we read it translated by Stephen Mitchell because that is the version that I read when I was in college. Um, and it's 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 slightly nostalgic for me. I really wanted to get that version again, and this is my excuse to rebuy it because <laughs> I, I see. Yeah, I you know I I took Aww. it out. And I didn't, like, purchase it, and I didn't know I would get so attached to the story and want Aww, it. Aw, that's so, so sweet. Yeah. I just, I um, love Gilgamesh. It's a weird one. It but sure is. Fun. But So I didn't read the historical context stuff because I've been going through it and I was not feeling up to valid. it. But <laughs> like some but of it was I really enjoyed context, this. And then some of it was just like reiterating everything that happened in the entire oh. thing. It's just like I read the introduction and I'm like, oh, wait, wait, Ray, maybe you shouldn't read this yet. Because um, <laughs> it just like tells you everything that happens. Um, but yeah. But I found the translation very easy to read. So I, I think it was probably a good one. Like, yeah, that's, very accessible. That's why I like it. Yeah. Um, did did you we... say what it was? I think that you did, but for anyone who didn't hear yeah, it, it's, it's like it's a new translation by Stephen, by Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I like it. Um, I will, I do have like, my gripes about one particular book of it but you know <laughs> it's it's just because you know it's a poem kind it's not really a poem but it, like it, you know it's well, it's got like the the poem elements of it yeah it, where it's I'd like it's it a repeats poem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an epic, so I guess that classifies as a poem? Yes? Yeah, yeah. It's been epic a while poetry. since That's I took thing. my English classes, okay? <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was just so... that, wa- that one book where everything just repeats constantly, and I was like, <laughs> hmm, I can't read um, this. I don't even know which one you're talking about. There's quite a few where there's <laughs> some Book's sections. Especially, like, the entire thing was just, like, repeated. <laughs> every five seconds and i'm like so okay from what i understand that sort of refrain is helpful for um uh, oral traditions for makes sense yeah uh, because uh the the speaking of the story having patterns to it 
helps you remember it easier. And so then yeah. it kind of, yeah, has a cadence as you're speaking it out, which is why it's which poetry. Makes sense. Right. Uh, I was also thinking, uh, we do the same thing in horror stories specifically, like campfire mm. horror, where it's like, you'll have like a thing that happens three times and you'll say it the same every time. And it's like ramping up to like whatever the reveal is. Huh. And so- <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's interesting that that kind of tradition like lives on in its own sort of way in a modern context. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why are we covering this specifically for June? I mean, it's May right now, but we're covering this oh. for Pride Month. <laughs> um, it, it be gay. Um, I, oh, yeah. It, yeah. If you're not aware, Gilgamesh and Enkidu, the original gay ship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, like, it's okay. I guess... Without having read the historical context, I can't say how much actually textual it is because, you know, they go around sleeping with the ladies as as you okay. do. You but know, also the, the line specifically <laughs> is is um uh when they're t- in the repeated refrain when they're talking about how Enkidu will be such a good friend for Gilgamesh it's always like and you will lie with him as you would a woman and yeah <laughs> yeah 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 oh, I'm sorry that's he part was made of the lines. To be Gilgamesh's soulmate. Like, that's what yes. he was made to be specifically. Yeah, he's the other half of his soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Textually. <laughs> like... And they do, like, oh my god. Okay, so Gilgamesh is the son of a goddess, and so he's like three, two thirds god. Divine. Is what they I, say. Okay, two I don't know divine, how the math yes. works out. I don't understand that math because like, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I've, no, I've I've thought about this too much. That's the problem. I think I so tried he's to like, work it out in my head that it's like he has his mom who's a goddess, his dad mm-hmm. who's technically human but becomes a god, and also it says somewhere that his body was like sculpted by a goddess. And I think okay. at one point in my head I was like, oh, so he has three parents? Maybe I don't know <laughs> if that's what they were trying to say, but that's just how I started thinking about that. Maybe yeah. that's why. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So he's like the perfect man. He's the king of the walled city of what is Uruk. it? Uruk. Um, and they keep talking about how big and beefy and beautiful he is. And yeah. then uh, the gods make Enkidu uh, <laughs> in the woods to be raised by animals to be like the perfect big and beefy boy also. Well, it's not just that, that Gilgamesh is perfect, big and beefy. It's also that he's an asshole. Oh like, my god. It, yeah. What a it's dick. It's explicitly like, stated that he's such that a he's dick. a tyrant and then he, like never addressed i don't like okay yeah, i'm gonna assume to that with um a woman like before her husband can do so yeah no they're <laughs> like uh gilgamesh will uh steal your children <laughs> and it's like oh okay and we're all fine with this like what but, but I, don't, I don't i don't know what the text said but it was basically like all of the women kind of belong to gilgamesh oh yes like, yes all of their but, so i'm um, thinking of a different words. line from then when they're talking yeah. about how gilgamesh will lay your with your wife on your yep. wedding day before you get to yeah <laughs> um god anyways what i was kind of getting towards was that it keeps talking about how much uh gilgamesh and enkidu hold hands and i'm just i'm so charmed by these big beefy hairy boys just wandering around holding hands yeah yeah. okay okay so it's not some of some things that i know about like the story are not said in the text but like in like imagery and art also enkidu is like a wild man that sometimes is like horned or something mm-hmm. like that makes just, sense to me yeah like so it, i mean you could think of just two like big men but also think of like one of them as being like anthropomorphized kind of like furry man <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 so here's my first issue with the text of gilgamesh oh. okay no my first issue with the text of gilgamesh is the fact that gilgamesh is a tyrant and a dick and no one can because he's like big and beefy and well, everybody's like, like that's good they do but- care that's why they make enkidu they're just like no we need to make somebody to tame this man <laughs> i'm sorry wait wait is enkidu like is i'm forgetting words at this moment and it's so wonderful um god is he the manic pixie dream girl <laughs> <laughs> is that what enkidu- holy shit oh my god okay <laughs> <laughs> Because he's there to change Gilgamesh. 
Literally, in the text, yes. 100%. (laughs) Yes. That is the use of Enkidu in this narrative. Like, because I keep being like, damn, Enkidu sure gets the short end of the stick, huh? Nobody ever cares about what Enkidu wants to do, huh? Like, yeah. Gilgamesh is just in charge, I guess. But it's it's because he's his manic pixie dream girl who's just supposed yeah. to, like, be his, like, stalwart companion. Yeah. And yeah. make him a better person, I guess. I don't know that that works. It, it, it never really I comes mean, back. Yeah, we don't really get back to, like, how Gilgamesh leads his people. Like, no, not at all. Like, Enkidu comes and then, like, they focus on... Heroic exercise. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so, uh, getting, getting back to my second issue with the text. Um, so some, uh, trapper, uh, sees this wild man who lives with the animals and, like, mm-hmm. sets them free of the traps and is, like, really scary. And he's like, damn, I need somebody to get rid of this guy. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do about this? He's, like, big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so he goes and gets a priestess who uh, lays with any man in service of the goddess. Uh, that's that's their job. Um, yeah. So like, good for them, I guess. Like, that's she like, seems to have no issues with it. So like, sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird like historical context thing where like that's what they did. Um, in the in the intro. Um, he was like, well, like, there's not really a great translation word for what this is. Like, she's a priestess, mm. but she she's also a prostitute, but she's not really a prostitute. So, like, like there's there's not yeah. quite a good word for what she is. But priestess, I think, would be the closest there. So that's just that's just what they do. They like they they lie with people because they serve like the goddess of like sex. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, But yeah, so he's like, hey, (laughs) come fuck this guy. (laughs) And she's like, okay, cool. Uh, He's pretty big. Also, also, (laughs) wait, wait, does that mean that, um, uh, well, her name is Shamat. Um, Does Mm -hmm. that mean that Shamat is the manic pixie dream girl for Enkidu? Okay, okay. So Shamat is all like, uh, so <laughs> I'm just going to lay here and be enticing. And Enkidu's like, I'm enticed. Um, and then they fuck for like seven days. And then he's like, wait, I can no longer go back to the animals. I've been civilized. I know new things now. And it's like, yeah. are you fucking serious? Yeah, no, they fucked, did it. And now he can understand human speech. I, I don't think that's... The animals also fuck, guys. I don't know if you've noticed, but animals be fucking... <laughs> yes, but... Okay, okay. Interpret it this way as, like, how humans fuck is just, like, so different from how animals fuck. It really ain't. It, it Are ain't. Are you sure? Are you sure? Bro, sounds like they were just fucking and trucking for seven days. Like, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think there's anything civilized about that. (laughs) I never said it was civilized. I just said that (laughs) how humans fuck is weird compared to how animals fuck. Okay, I mean, well, depends on if you're going doggy style or not, I guess, but like. Also depends if you're a duck or not. Um... Like, I mean, I'm sure animals are getting up to from some freaky shit depending on species, but I, I would know. not say that the human way is like unique in any it's capacity. Not it's definitely not civilized. Yeah, th- not the idea saying. that that makes his brain growth grow three sizes is like the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It's like the Grinch, but with his brain because he got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Shamat's good at fucking, so... <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. Love that girl. That's her only role in this story, and, like, I love her for it. Um, well, okay, wait, wait. She also bathes him and gives him clothing. And, and sends him over hair? to... Someone cuts his hair. Uh, I don't know, because I don't remember if some... Well, somebody does cut his hair, but also all of his body hair gets, like, shorter, because he was all furry like an animal. I feel like that was mentioned. And so I think that that just happens, but I'm not actually sure. Hmm. Of course it does. <laughs> what what happened to this beautiful furry man? Right? How dare they take him from the wild where he belongs? <laughs> but yeah, like, oh. you know, she does help him out quite a bit and like give him advice of where to go and what to do. Uh, so you know what? <laughs> what I love Wait, about she's this like his is she's all figure. like, you should go talk to Gilgamesh. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to fight that guy. <laughs> She's the mentor figure setting him on his quest. Yeah, and she's Gandalf, but if Gandalf was a sexy lady who fucks so hard. <gasps> okay, okay. So 
So, you know, you met Christina. Um, She dressed up as Gandalf at one point with, like, fishnets. <laughs> like, that that was, like, her sexy <laughs> Halloween costume. Um, yeah, she, she's made TikToks like that. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's what I'm imagining when you say sexy Gandalf. <laughs> Shamat, sexy Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, late... I don't know how chronologically you want to go through this. I don't. I don't even know how long we're going to do this gripes? for. You were going through uh, your gripes so like oh, meticulously, well, or was that it? Those those were probably the major ones. Like I I do think the latter part of the story is really interesting. But yeah, yeah those were my major gripes. <laughs> it gets pretty existential at the end there. Um, yeah, it does. It's very interesting. That's why. But I, I just wanted to it. mention that later. Uh, uh, Enkidu is like cursing Shamat for yeah, <laughs> um, no. bringing okay. him into civilization, and then That's one thing they're I don't all like, like, "But, but she like helped you out a lot, and you never would have met Gilgamesh if she hadn't done that." And then he's like, then "Oh right, please bless right. her, actually, and make it so that <laughs> all the guys love her and uh, treat her super well and <laughs> bring her riches." And I'm yeah, I don't know, I'm not too mad about that or whatever. I just think that that's funny. <laughs> Like, it didn't, it annoyed me at first. I'm just like, wait, wait, when did he curse her? And then it's like, oh, okay, okay. She introduced me to my boyfriend, so, like, I'm not gonna curse her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They love each other so much. Like, they really do. Okay. Okay. So, 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 Enkidu shows up in town during a wedding, and Gilgamesh is gonna go uh, have sex with the bride, and Enkidu's like, no, you ain't. And he's step- standing outside like, I'm gonna go have sex with her. And then they fight and Gilgamesh wins. But like afterwards, they just like clasp hands and they're like, hmm, actually, this, this is, is it from now this, on. This, this is, is all I need. This is an anime fight. This is like straight yeah. out of an anime. Like you fight each other and then you like gain respect of each other and become besties. Yeah, but, no, like- that's what I'm saying. This is like the purest form of like hyper masculine homoerotic like... <laughs> But that's like, the thing. Enkidu didn't even win the fight. Gilgamesh yeah, did yeah. win. It, but... And it's because Gilgamesh has, like, uh, Mary Sue, like, main character energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just the most specialist boy. Like, we spend a lot of time introducing Enkidu and going through his whole thing, and then it's just, like, Gilgamesh beat him in a fight, and now he's just, like, Gilgamesh's sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's good. It's fine. But what I also like about this form of hypermasculinity is that it's also a very emotional hypermasculinity. Mm, like, these mm. guys openly love each other. They are holding hands. They, they are feeling afraid about stuff. They are uh, tearing up all the time. They are yeah. sorrowful. Like, they it's, tell it's... each other about their dreams. They yeah. do dream interpretation. <laughs> like I'm saying, there's something very pure about this. Like, God, like, best friendship, best, if you want good example of, like, male friendships, read the Epic of Gilgamesh. (laughs) Because they're, like, they're toxic men, but they're also, like, like, not when in their friendship, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, mm, I can't talk about how I love this, but I, like, (laughs) you know what I mean. I love it. Yeah, yeah. They're so good. So um, they are best friends now, and Gilgamesh wants to go fight a big monster, and Enkidu is like, don't do that! I don't want us to, it's scary! Yeah, okay, wait. I, I just, which which one is the the one that annoys me so much? I just, <laughs> I just, maybe it's, no, it's, it's book four that annoys me so much. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So they, so basically they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna go... And we're gonna defeat this monster. Uh, why? Just, just because? Just like uh, Gilgamesh really wants to. He thinks it would be super cool. Like and it, it's uh, and all the people like, in the world or something. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Gilgamesh's character arc is learning about consequences and death. Um. And so at the beginning yeah. here, Gilgamesh is like, well, like I don't see any reason to be scared. Like if we die, then we die. Everybody's going to at some point. Like that's not an issue for me. Like I just want to go fight a big monster. 
closer. Come on, let's go. Let's go, let's yeah. go, let's go. <laughs> this is one of those things. I can't tell if Gilgamesh is like Gryffindor or Slytherin. Like it really depends on <laughs> what what mood he's in sometimes. Because he's like, so I will go into any like thing and like do it. But also he's like, I don't know, his assholishness and how he rules his kingdom gives me Slytherin vibes. I'd, I don't, I would say that Gilgamesh is a Gryffindor who's just, full of himself like maybe. i think that that is an aspect of gryffindor like you know maybe it's i don't James think Potter that he energy. connived for his place you know it's something that was given to him yeah like that's not slytherin okay you know what i'm just reading it as james potter energy i think that's what it is he's just, <laughs> he's just the asshole who hasn't had his character arc yet and Enkidu is his lily um <laughs> I apologize for bringing the Harry Potter into it, but I had to. Um, So book four is the one that annoys me so much just because like every everything is like the same except for like. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of dreams. This is the first of the dream interpretation chapters. Um. But, like, it's it's the big one where it's just, like, Enkidu... No, wait. Gilgamesh is having dreams, and Enkidu is interpreting them, and it just, like... Right. Yeah. So they walk this far, which is... Uh, it would have taken six weeks for a normal man to walk that far. But it and took then them three they, days. And uh, uh, pray for... Um, uh, dreams, and they do their sacrifice of flower, and then they lay down, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and Kido wraps up Gilgamesh, and then, uh, sits at the entrance of he their sleeping area. It's so cute. <laughs> to protect him. <laughs> and then Gilgamesh falls asleep on his knees, uh, resting his head on his knees every time. That's and, so weird. And uh, then he has a dream. And then every time that he has his dream, he's all like, And Kido, I had the worst dream yet. What could it possibly mean? And Enkidu's like, calm down. It meant that we're going to succeed because the gods will be with us. That's That happens like five or six times. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, okay, every single time but one time, he's just like, oh yeah, like, it's because um, the Lord Shamash, who is, is the sun god and is like Gilgamesh's patron god, from what I can tell, mm. um, it, he's, th- he's the reason that they're gonna win. And then the, the one other time he says um, it's... Lugobanda, who is Gilgamesh's dad, who became a god. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> the one time you mentioned daddy. I don't know why. But also, Enkidu is, like, never in the dreams. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. He's here, it's too. Like, honestly, it's always, like, very weirdly interpreted. It's like, this. Oh, yeah. They are. This rock <laughs> fell on me. Oh, that means we're going to win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, are you sure, Enkidu? It kind of sounds like you're trying to make him feel better. Yeah, that's the weird thing about it, because Gilgamesh is like, I'm not afraid of anything, has a bad dream. Enkidu! (laughs) And Enkidu's like, I got you, babe. My boys. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I don't, I mean, they, they fight, they fight, they fight Humbaba at, in the Cedar Forest, which is right. like- Cedar is very important, apparently. Yeah, like, every time they have Cedar stuff, it's always capitalized, um, that's how you know it's important, um, <laughs> but I think the Cedar for- Forest is, like, a place of the gods- Okay. But, like, it confuses me, because I'm like, is that the land of the gods? But no, he goes to a different land of the gods later in the story, so I don't yeah, know I think if Cedar these are, like, is just two like, different... I think yeah. cedars are just, like, weird and magic, and it's just, like, a big special forest. Because they said that, like, Enkidu also lived near there yeah, when he was a I wild just, man. I've done, like, research trying to, like, figure out some of these things, where I'm like, I don't know which, which, is the cedar forest, like, a land of the gods? But I think it supposed to be because Humbaba was created by the gods. It, it's a it weird seems thing. like, you know, like, I don't think it needs to be like on a different plane or whatever. I think that yeah. sometimes a big forest is just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. They went into the forest, they beat the big bad wolf, except. Uh, so thing not. number one, I love the name Humbaba. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thing number two. So as they're fighting this thing, uh, it tells them uh, that it's going to beat them up, but then they beat it up. And then it's all like, so if you kill me, it's going to be so bad for you. Like, please don't. Uh, and he specifically says, hey, Gilgamesh, if you do this, then uh, your best friend is going to die terribly and you will weep 
in and travel around in a lion's skin. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, doesn't come like, to happen until a, a little bit later, but like still, Gilgamesh, don't do it. So the the like, as far as I can tell, all of this that Gilgamesh goes through at the end is his own doing. It's the result yeah. of his own co- of his own actions. Uh, because uh, everything he does is his own. And Kidu didn't want to come and do this at all. So yeah. if Gilgamesh could have just left well enough alone and not tried to like uh, step on the gods' domain, like everything would have been fine for him. I mean, I will say, like, the whole reason Enkidu exists is because the gods created him to change Gilgamesh. Like I said, to make him his manic pixie dream girl. Like, he- and Enkidu does that, but, like, it takes the whole fucking story for Gilgamesh to, like, actually change. Which, like, I mean, if that's the point, then good job, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) but he got fucked up in the process, like, Yeah, he's traumatized now. (laughs) Um, another fun fact, um, so Humbaba, I believe, um, is actually one of the constellations. Um, Oh, yeah. The yeah the uh, Mesopotamian constellations. I I'm not sure if the it's like a specific area there, but like yeah. Um, I want to say our version of like the the lion constellation was Humbaba, like for them. Cool. The the, the Greeks did some you know localizing um <laughs> of the Mesopotamian constellations. So that's a fun one. Also, like the Bull of Heaven comes up, and that's also a constellation. That Bunch that of. also makes sense to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So they they killed the monster, and then they go home, and like immediately, Ishtar. Ishtar, oh my girl, can you girl. chill? <laughs> she's she just can't. like she's just like, hey, you're hot, Gilgamesh. Um, marry me. Fuck me. I will give you everything. Like, literally anything you want, I will give it to you. Just, like, be mine. Um, And he's like, so I have actually heard about you, and that sounds like a terrible idea. Well, (laughs) Well, first he's like, no, thank you. I don't want that. And then he's like, because you sucked (laughs) to all of, like, the people you were ever with. Like, there's, like... Another, like, five or six, like, stories that he tells about just dudes that had a real bad time, got turned into random small animals, or... Or killed, or... So... Like, so, as, because she gets tired of them eventually. Of course she does. You know, she's a goddess. What else yeah. is she gonna do? So, I'm gonna give you some... It's a little bit of context here. So, Ishtar, um, also known as Inanna is um like the the queen of heaven she's she's mm. kind of like like you know queen of the gods except like there are also some gods higher than her it's a whole thing um <laughs> but she is aphrodite like oh, like like she okay is. okay so Afro, it's I don't know if it's necessarily like a theory at this point. I think it's just like generally believed that like Ishtar's cult moved to the Greeks and then became Aphrodite. Um, okay, yeah. Um, so like she's a goddess of like love, sex, beauty. Shamat is one of her priestesses. Like right. it's like she's a very important goddess. Um, and one of her lovers that's mentioned here, Tammuz. So her story with him is like very important to um. <clears throat> Like, the seasons. Like, their story kind of is a Hades and Persephone tale. Mm. Um, because he, uh, I think he dies, um, and she has to go and get him from the underworld. From her sister, Arishkagal, queen of the underworlds. And, like, there ends up being, like, this whole deal that, like, he has to stay there for some of the year. And I think his sister stays there, um, when he's not there. But, yeah, he's, he's like a whole dying and rising god type figure. Um. Okay. Last fun fact for you. If you've heard the whole tale tale about Pan, the great god Pan is dead, and that whole mistranslation. Have you heard the mistranslation thing? Uh Uh-huh, not really. I... Probably at some point, but I'm not sure what you're referring to, so. So, um, so, like, the the translation about, like, Pan being dead, it's like, oh, the great god Pan is dead, but, um, and they were talking to this guy, Thamuz, um, but actually, the correct translation is, like, Tammuz the All-Great is dead, which means that it's... I, it's a certain time of year when Tammuz is in the underworld. Hmm. Uh, it has nothing okay. to do with Pan. Pan oh. also means all. Remember? Oh. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a whole thing. Um. <coughs> I just 
I I always have to bring that up whenever Tamus and Pan are mentioned <laughs> in anything. I just love that. But we can continue with Gilgamesh. <laughs> Technically, yeah, he wasn't actually a scorned lover necessarily. Like, they, he does come back every so often. They're still married. They're still cute. Um, but in this story, I guess Gilgamesh is like, nah, you, you let him die sometimes. So you suck. You suck ass. and she is like so upset she's like how dare this mortal slander me like (laughs) daddy help me out here give me the full of heaven so i can kill gilgamesh (laughs) literally like yeah yeah my god this this girl um and her dad is like well it'll cost seven years of famine did you set aside seven years of grain for all the people and she's like of course i did that daddy i'm not an idiot and he's like okay you can have the bowl i guess it's such a thing and like i was under the impression when she was saying that that she like definitely didn't and she's just like daddy of course i did but it doesn't come back so it's not important. <laughs> What's important is that Gilgamesh immediately killed the bull. It takes two seconds. He rips out his heart well, I, and offers it to after Shemoth. it shits all over Enkidu. Oh right, yeah. Um, I'm listen. I forgot that because I didn't want to remember that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they beat it. Oh, Gilgamesh is the handsomest of men. Enkidu is the bravest of heroes. It's wonderful. Mm. And mm. then Gilgamesh or then Enkidu starts having his terrible terrible dreams again. <sighs> Poor he's guy. Gonna die. He, he's gonna die. This is the kill your gaze trope. <laughs> <laughs> Starting at the very first story. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. How dare they bury the gaze? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Enkidu's on his deathbed, basically. He's, like, having terrible dreams and doing real bad. And he's like, damn it. Uh, okay. And, we and can, he's, like, like, cursing people and then, like, changing his mind about it, you know. It's fun that we kind of get, like, a flip of, like, the, the last time they had dreams. Where this one, um, Enkidu's like, oh, I had a terrible dream. It's so bad. And Gilgamesh is like, no, it's fine. It'll be it'll be great. Like, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong here. But this here. time it's definitely not fine. <laughs> yeah. I love that kind of flip thing going on there, but it's it's not great. He gonna die, and then he died. And we, we already mentioned the whole, like, just the cursing of Shamat. <laughs> That's just, like, yeah. weird, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. He he was going through it. I'm, I'm not mad at him. He's like, oh, I'm mad at my ex. Wait, wait, my ex introduced me to my new boyfriend. It's fine. It's good. We yeah, did. yeah. Like, I mean, I would be mad at him if he left the curse, but he yes. reversed it. So, like, it's, you it's know, like, we all go through, through it sometimes. One flaw of character is that you cursed Shamat for two seconds, my girl. <laughs> um, I think he left the curse that he put on the um, uh, the trapper, though. The, the hunter who should. found him in the first place. <laughs> Honestly, that guy's a dick. How dare he? Uh- <laughs> Like, like, thank you for introducing Enkidu to Shamat and then Gilgamesh, but, like, Gil- Enkidu was also perfect the way he was. Like, <laughs> perfect furry man. Leave him alone. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, so Gilgamesh, uh, he be, he be crying. He's mourning. Um, yeah, he makes a very cool statue. I love that! So good. Cover his beard with lapis lazuli, his chest with gold. Ah, it's so pretty. <laughs> I want to see that statue. And he didn't, if I was understanding correctly, I, I'm pretty sure that he put the statue in a throne next to his throne so that everyone could come by and k- kiss its feet. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and now he's going to roam the wilderness with mattered hair and a lion skin. I'm sorry, Heracles, step aside. Gilgamesh did it first. <laughs> Yeah, for real. <laughs> My boy. So um, he decides, like, uh, nothing's working. I'm really upset. I gotta go see if there's anything I can do about this. So he's looking for his ancestor who became immortal to ask if there's anything he can do. Yeah. Um. I also love the fart that they he arrived at um, the Twin Peaks. Um. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's a TV show. I've never seen, but I thought that was funny. That, that oh was my god! Like, I I think it's funny that that was like capitalized Twin Peaks, and I'm like, what? What? 
anyway. <laughs> um, so, so he travels. Um, he meets some scorpion people. Um, they tell him where to go, and he keeps walking. Um, uh, okay, okay, okay. So this, at the this Twin was Peaks, a scary place that he went. Yeah, at the at the Twin Peaks with the scorpion people, they're all like, "Damn, bro, you look like shit." <laughs> He's like, "Okay, so here's the situation," and they're like. Well, it doesn't sound like a good idea, but what I guess you can do is go into the sun cave back here. Uh, only when the sun is out of it, though. If the sun is in there, then you will be scorched to death immediately. So you have 12 it's hours. <laughs> but if you run the whole way, then like you should be able to make it to the other side and into like the god's domain, basically. My god, it's just <laughs> Okay, and so and so since he has twelve hours, uh there's a refrain that tells us about every yeah. two hours and how uh he's running and it's dark uh in front of him and behind him and to both sides. <laughs> it's very and- dark. Yeah, like and it's I'm dark, like, and this then is just like the, the mattress archives. In the eighth hour is when he starts crying. Um, yeah, he gets really upset. <laughs> and then in the in the next hour, he's like, "I feel a breeze," and so I guess that gives him the strength to keep running. Yeah, I mean, I assume he never stopped running, but like, yeah, damn, yeah. this 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 man. This poor man. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are the only two deviations. Otherwise, it is just like word for word repeating like yeah. for 12 hours. <laughs> but th- this one doesn't annoy me as much as the other one because at least- Well, I mean, it's short. People. It- it's, just, it's just interesting to read. And I'm also like, this would make very good horror fodder. Like if you You're were right. trying to do something with it. You're right. I also just love the random scorpion people. I I, I just- Yeah, it's, it's a scorpion, like scorpion guy and a scorpion wife. Like, like they look like Scorpia. Those are those are oh, yeah. Scorpia's ancestors, <laughs> obviously. Of course, I love her. Oh, best character. Um. So okay, then we meet one of my favorite characters. Um. Not gonna lie, I love Shaduri. Um. I keep forgetting <laughs> that she has like such a small role, but like hmm. I love her because she's just this like random tavern keeper. Um. Like she's a very mysterious figure. There's there's not hmm. a whole lot about her. She's just like a a goddess of like alcohol and like that's oh it. that's so cool. That's like. All that, like, people know about her is that she's just here and, like, Gilgamesh meets her and, like, that's so, it. So so Gilgamesh is, like, tavern, I'm going there. And he starts, like, running, like, full tilt at it. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, um, holy shit, there's some weird guy coming over here. I'm about to get murdered. And she gets on the roof and he's like, hey, you? what are you doing up there? Like, no, can you I help just, me? Just help me out, bud. <laughs> no, you're a freak. Get out of here! <laughs> she's like, why do you look like uh, you've been wandering the wilderness and your heart is full of grief? And he's like, well, I've been wandering the wilderness and my heart is full of grief. <laughs> because my boyfriend is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like to imagine that like these two, like after this whole story happened, he got back together with her and like they just got drunk together and like that was it. Yeah. They just hung out. That, that's just what I, I like, like that for them. She does seem oh. pretty cool. Yeah, she's like, okay, thing number one, this is a fool's errand. Thing number two, now that I'm thinking about it, you could probably go over there and talk to that guy and get across the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like, she she points him in the right direction, and then he goes to uh, Urshanabi, who is the boatman, um, and then, <laughs> God, he has these, like, stone men with him that help make his, bu- his boat that he they make his boat go and what does Gilgamesh <laughs> do he immediately runs to them and kills all of the, the stone men <laughs> literally why is he like this Gilgamesh what is the point of this like what are you trying to prove at this point like what are my you dude doing <laughs> why like can think, you chill for one second like if I were Urshanabi I'd be like uh no I'm not gonna help you you killed all my <laughs> friends All my stone dudes. I needed those. Like, what the heck? Also, now I'm imagining all those stone dudes looking like, um, that the stone creature from the Nutcracker, Barbie and the Nutcracker. (laughs) (laughs) That terrible CGI guy. (laughs) Just very lumpy dudes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
so so he he so for some reason Urshanabi's like fine like go find some uh, poles and we'll do this together it'll be fine yeah he like, needs to cut down 300 trees and get 300 poles and he's like okay I can do that and I, I assume it takes him like an it. afternoon because that's just the kind of guy he is yeah and like a six weeks journey took three days of course because every <laughs> time that's how it goes uh and I yeah okay 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 so specifically uh, the six weeks journey taking three days thing is a thing that he had with Enkidu, yeah. like because they're big strong boys. And so I feel like even though he is still currently on his quest for Enkidu, it kind of symbolizes the fact that he can move on. If that makes sense, that like someone else can also do that with him, Are you even if he's that not like Urshanabi a normal guy. Is now his soulmate? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that life goes on. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. That's nice. I don't know. I, I like, even if you'll never another... have quite what you had before, it's like, you know, the, there, there will be other people who you meet in your poetic life. Poetic repeating thing that they were doing. Yeah, and I figure that that is it, but also it- It feels nice. For me, that's what it symbolizes for me personally. The fact that he will be able to move on someday. Good, good. Not necessarily move on to like another lover, just move on with life. Yeah. Yeah, no, Gilgamesh will never find another lover like Enkidu. Like I said, yeah, him and Shidori and that's okay. are just gonna <laughs> get drunk together and, like, I don't know, maybe fuck, but, like, probably just, like, get drunk together. <laughs> Them and Shamat, that's it. Trio. Trio yeah. forever. Yeah. And probably fuck a little bit, but, like, casual. Yeah, like, listen, they're fuck buddies. Like, maybe they'll get married <laughs> out as well, but, like, they're also just, like, bros that fuck and get yeah. drunk together. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm life. done for that for them. I, I want that for them. <laughs> <laughs> I need this fanfic now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Enkidu meets Utnapishtim. Um, uh, so, so what he needed the poles for was because they have to cross, uh, the waters of the, of death or something, yeah. and you can't touch it. So he's got to use these big poles so that he doesn't have to get anywhere close to the yeah. water. And Urshanabi? he can't, like, grab them back or something. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't understand the mechanics of this, but that's what he needed those for. And he just, like, leaves them in the water, so. It's fine, I guess. Urshanabi <laughs> is basically, like, a Charon figure. Like, he's a, he's yeah. Yeah, fairy yeah. man. Yeah, but this isn't like the land of the dead. This is, I guess, a land of the gods. Yeah, sure. You just have to, it, like, if the river is big and scary and kills you to get to the land of the gods, like, that, that tracks for me. I'm down for that. Well, like, only the gods and, like, the immortals would be able to cross it, I would assume. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So that's why he needed those stone guys, because the waters don't kill them. I but, also just... I mean, uh, somebody fucked that up, so... I also just assume that, like, all the Mesopotamian gods are, like, very goth and metal, because, like, they have this, like, moat of death that you have to cross. Well, and even to get over there, like, uh, the, the, the cave that he went through is referred to as the Underworld. Or like yeah. a tra- a path through the underworld. So like yeah, why you gotta just... you gotta go through some spooky places to if get the, over here. If that was actually the underworld, why didn't he just go in there, get in Kudu, and run away? <laughs> I I don't. Mm. You know, let's not quite work like that. I think that I the cave not. just like passes through the underworld, but you can't like get to the underworld proper. Probably <laughs> like a so, like a subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the sun subway, the sun way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they, they meet Utnapishtim, who is Mesopotamian Noah? Like- yeah, yeah. Okay, like, the Christians, they, they will tell you, like, everybody's got a great flood narrative. That's our proof that it really that happened. It's true. It's true. And- Everybody does. Yeah, okay? yeah. And it's like, I know that, but also running into it in the wild is, like, fucking crazy. <laughs> So Greeks have it too. Um, Deucalion and Pyrrha are like the characters who go on the Ark in Greek myth. And mm. then in this, it's Utnapishtim and his wife um, who get on us. I love their boat. It's it's a cube. <laughs> it's just a cube. Yeah. <laughs> Big cute boat. I love it so much. (laughs) I definitely talked about this in a class. And it's got seven stories because uh, seven is very relevant in this tale. Like, uh, of course, clearly like some sort of holy number. It's the number seven. 
it's always been holy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh is, is proof that, like, the number seven has always been a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the fact that he had to make a specific boat that was, like, like a cubed shape, and that's the only way that it would, like, survive, I guess. Yeah, um, it has to be, like, a special holy boat. So, um, the instructions to do this are not told to him by the gods. Uh, which god is doing the flooding? It's, uh, Enlil, right? I believe, yes, Enlil is the one, and then it's... Okay, I'm getting my names mixed up because I know, like, the the different versions of their names. It's... So mm-hmm. A is the one who whispers this or, like, says it, and then an Utnapishtim so, so, overhears it. Yeah, so he purposefully whispers it to the fence outside of his house. Like, All right. Hey, like, if, if sure, a human man. happens to overhear me telling them the instructions to survive this, and that's not my fault. Like... What? What a king. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Because they were intending to wipe out all humans. Like, this is not happening in this story. He's just like, so this is how I became immortal. Yeah, yeah. Unapishtim was like, I'm gonna tell you a tale and I basically just, like, survived a flood and the gods were like, shit, we wanted to kill all the humans. I guess you're a god now. (laughs) So (laughs) that's it. That's that's how he became immortal. And so the point of this story is him to be like to Gilgamesh like so what did you do like I built a big ass boat and survived the eradication of all humans uh I think you're just like some guy (laughs) no I'm two-thirds divine I'm Gilgamesh (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah basically like why would the gods like come um and like uh make a whole council to make you a god like you know yeah there's there's no point that, that's, to it that's like his wording yeah so um, and he tells us like a lot about like the nature of life and death and the how that's the ending yeah. of all things and it's very it's very poetic it's, like, it's very sweet. existential yeah i like it it's good the people been thinking about this for a long time, huh? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yes. Since they knew that death was a thing, they were like, what is death? <laughs> What's that? But yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm very interested, very charmed once again that, like, you know, people have been having intelligent hot takes about, like, the nature of life and death. Like, it's so good for for a real long time. Yeah, um, it's good. So, Unapishtim's wife is basically like, well, um, let's like you know help him out here. I guess. Well, she's like, she's the one who's like, (laughs) she's very. It's very grandma. Yeah. So Unapishtim's like, if you can conquer sleep, you can conquer death. So stay awake. Yeah. Just just stay awake. (laughs) And then Gilgamesh sits down and immediately falls. And he's like, my god. This bitch thinks he can conquer like death. Seven fucking days. So Unapishtim's wife um has to make like a bread every single day that he's asleep, and then they finally wake him up after a week. And he's all like, "Oh, I was about like, to drift off to bitch. sleep," and they're like, "Bro, we made this bread seven days ago when you fell asleep. Look how shitty it is, bro. You bitch. You you've been asleep this whole time." And he's like, "Okay, I guess." So, yeah, so basically, you suck. You couldn't conquer sleep. You gotta get out of here. But I guess we'll give you a constellation prize because um, he did come like all this way. To youth. So, <laughs> like, I like it's still like, wait, you just did that. Why are you giving him like this? It's it's because his wife is has grandma energy, like for real, like for real, for real. Yeah, yeah, she does. <sighs> S- and it's like, so it's not like necessarily the secret to immortality that he gives him, but it's like, it'll give him use, yes. I guess? Yes, it's, it's some sort of, he tells him how to get a plant from underwater that uh, gives you like eternal youth, but like probably not eternal eternal, just like you don't get old, but you probably still die. I figured it just like turned him back into like a boy and so he could like relive. Maybe. And then like still age. I don't know. Just give him a few more years or something. I did look this up try to be like what does he give him like but i don't know my head canon would be that it would stop the aging process but you can still be killed hmm maybe i do know that technically as far as like the the mythology goes gilgamesh kind of is deified okay at some point but his friend isn't so like what is that even a win he's still still dead he's still dead um it's fine but yeah, so Gilgamesh has this plant. 
And he's like, I will see if um it turns an old man into a young man again before I eat right. it. Right, like, scientific um, method, so like, it's not a terrible idea. Makes sense. But... <laughs> so he brings it with him, and then he goes for a little swim for, like, a minute on his journey. Like, just, just gonna bathe yep. a little bit, I guess. And he just leaves the plant, and what happens? Goddamn snakes. <laughs> Goddamn snakes. Um, So a snake ate it, and... So this is the first snake that ever shed its skin. Oh, okay. That's that's what it's supposed okay, to be. Okay, so it's revitalizing its youth. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. that's why snakes do that. that. Okay. That that tracks for me. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. Also, it's very interesting how like once again we have like all these things that we associate with like biblical things. Like imagine like this plant that he has is like the apple from like the tree. Yeah. But like the evil like snake gets it or something. Like I don't know. There's like a whole thing going. Yeah. On as here. soon as there were it's, snakes, like, I'm like, hmm, somebody's somebody's crossing over. <laughs> like, yeah, it does seem to have those vibes. Um, the Bible. The Bible is epic of Gilgamesh fan fiction. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Didn't you know? Um, yeah, so he he doesn't have the plant and he's taken back to Uruk and we get literally it's like li- the beginning of the epic like repeated and he just he just goes back. Okay, and, and they talk it. about the how the good this city is and it's specifically Gilgamesh doing it and so maybe that is his redemption. Maybe because of all this he is a wiser ruler. I I hope I so. Sure goddamn hope so cuz like holy shit this dude sucks. <laughs> Yeah, like, I love him. He's, like, my problematic fave, but also, like, <laughs> goddamn, he sucks. <laughs> you don't gotta fuck everybody. Like, no. can you chill? I mean, like, if you if you want to fuck everybody, ask for consent, yeah. maybe? Because he does not. Nah, he's just like, bitch, I'm the ruler. You owe me your wife. <laughs> Which, like, apparently no, the gods decreed that. So, like, that's, like, their problem. But also, a spoiled fucking brat. Like, look at this man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, other fun thing. Um, so Gilgamesh, um, I th- I think it's like an old translation that they used to call him Bilgamesh. Um <laughs> I just love Bill. that fact. Billy. Good old Billy. Bill. <laughs> the epic <What>? of Bill. <laughs> Um, and there's, there's also, like, another weird tablet, um, that's, like, it's not in here because it does not fit. Um, it may or may not be part of this epic. It's a whole thing where Gilgamesh does go to the underworld. It's maybe before Enkidu dies, because I believe Enkidu's still alive in it. But, like, he goes to the underworld, and they do some shit, and I think it's unfinished. Okay. As far as I'm aware. So just, like, a little spin-off. It just didn't, doesn't fit. Because this all, uh, flows together quite consistently so like it makes sense to me that it yeah. is as it is it's 12 tablets right 12 books um it's a oh is it okay i think i was close yeah <laughs> yeah it's fine we don't talk about that one tablet in the middle <laughs> um so let's pretend it's 10 <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a fun one. I I just love this story and it's very gay. <laughs> They're soulmates. Some sometimes men just you- be loving each other and good for them. Yeah. We love to see it. Yeah. So um if any of you patrons wanna write me a fanfic or you could just find it for me. <laughs> but like if you if you if you got that fanfic of Gilgamesh, Shamat, and Shaduri just like chilling together, I love it. That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I go into uh my media wreck? Cause I've I've got something. Um um um. So the cadence of this, which I'm assuming that it's because it was based on this and this style of like poetry and stuff. Reminds me a lot yeah. of the tales in um, Watership Down. Have you ever read it? I've heard of it. Okay, this, Watership Down but... is about a bunch of rabbits who go on a trip and have a very rough time. Um, <laughs> All right. I sort of think of it in my own brain as like Rabbit Lord of the Rings, where sometimes you just go on a trip and get into some wars and... <laughs> And you have a prophet and <laughs> all sorts of things happen. Um, but in in that story, Rabbit Society has a great hero of legend uh, called, oh my god, I can't pronounce it. It's like Elariah or something like that. Uh, if I watched the movie more times, I would know like how you're supposed to pronounce it. But uh, he's the rabbit's uh, trickster god, basically. 
um, mm-hmm. because uh, rabbits must be cunning and full of tricks so that they can survive. Uh, be- All right. <laughs> because uh, rabbits... <laughs> the lore of this book is so deep because the rabbits have their own language. Apparently. Um, rabbits can only count to four in the world of Watership Down. Oh? And so any word uh, that means... There's there's one word that means both five and one thousand. It means anything above four, and so that's how it will be translated either as five or one thousand. Um, and so the the rabbits uh, have a thousand enemies, basically. You know, I, that's how they describe it. Uh, and so the enemies of the rabbits are known as the Elil. The thousand. Um, but yeah, like the cadence of the tales is, and like the way that things are described reminds me so much of epic poetry like this. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. And like the way that like the story, like the movie is good and it's a good adaptation, but it does not translate this sort of thing at all. The way that the tales of uh, the rabbit trickster Mm. like weave in so perfectly with the story that is happening like in the present day. And like, it was one of the most satisfying books I've ever finished. Like, it's so good the way it all comes together. So I would recommend checking that out. It's very good. Um... Well, well, because you did a plug, now I just, like, <laughs> want to plug, like, the first, the first place that I, like, really got into, like, Gilgamesh things. I mean, like, I read the story, but before that, I saw an anime. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, like, it was not an adaptation of Gilgamesh, but it was the first time, like, I really heard about the character mm. of Gilgamesh, you know what I mean? Um, so, Fate Zero? <laughs> of course. You ever heard about that one? Yeah, yeah. That- that boy is not the yoga man from this tale. <laughs> um, no, not at all. Is but he big and beefy he at sure least? Is, that man is a twink How could they do this? to the Gilgamesh of this tale. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, maybe he's he's not that big and beefy. Like, okay, if you've ever seen Fate Zero, um, Alexander the Great is very, very big and beefy. And that's how I picture Gilgamesh from this, Mm -hmm. like, the actual epic of Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh in the anime is, like, much smaller. Okay. I mean, he's he's buff, but, like, you almost never see him without his armor on. basically opposite? Like, isn't Alexander the Great, like, a little twinkish? Like, (laughs) I think? I I can't remember. I'm I'm not as big of like a history person here, but like I'm pretty I, sure. You I don't because right. I feel like there's some kind of scandal about how he bottoms. Like <laughs> I might be making that up it's wholesale. Fine. Like that might be like somebody else who I'm thinking of. But <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> um I have no idea. I just know that like the Gilgamesh in Fate Zero is very much not this Gilgamesh. He he always wears his armor. Um, I mean, like, he's an asshole, but he's like, he just thinks everyone's beneath Ugh. him. He's also like a blonde white boy. Ugh. Um, it's an anime. It sure is an anime. Yeah. Um, anime. <laughs> anime where you know everybody kind of looks kind of white um, well i mean but it's because if someone is your own race then in a simplified cartoon style you don't give them any exaggerated racial features and so uh we interpret a person without racial features as white whereas someone who's japanese would interpret someone without racial features as japanese hmm interesting um i just mean like a lot of the characters like don't have Japanese colored hair. Right. Well, um, yes. <laughs> you know, you know, they're they're like they're blonde or they're ginger, and it's just like very weird. <laughs> um, yeah. But Fate Zero is a fun show because like they they bring in um characters of like of legend. There's King Arthur. There's Alexander the Great. Um, there's Gilgamesh. There's um God. I'm trying to think of some others. Oh, the the fun thing though is like they have to summon the characters, and what they use to summon Gilgamesh is the snake skin. <laughs> Huh, that's the fun. first snake that ever shed its skin. And like when I like after I read the tale and then I rewatched it, I'm like, wait, wait, that's so good. <laughs> I love that. Good shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love the show. It's very graphic, it's very violent, <laughs> but uh 
Good shit. Actually, you know what? Maybe, Ray, you'd like it because there is some stuff in it that has some horror vibes. Oh, well, um, well <laughs> I never said I like horror. <laughs> I just happen to think about it all the time right now because of my current hyperfixation. <laughs> okay, what, what, one of the people in it is like Bluebeard. Oh god. Um I really need to watch our there flag is, meets death. There is some <laughs> That's Blackbeard, but sorry. Not Blackbeard. <laughs> not Blackbeard, my dude. Not a pirate. Oh, who's Bluebeard? Um he he a crazy dude. Um there's some people sacrifice. There is some child oh, murder. Boy. Um anyway, trigger warning, content warning. <laughs> Fate Zero is good, but also like very dark. Um I don't know. Anime gore is different. Um, also, actually, anime gore kind of creeps me out a little bit more than real people oh, gore. Oh, fascinating. If I'm being honest. For me, it really it depends. It seems, like, very unreal. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Um, the more weird and unreal it is, the more I can do with it. Like, I can almost watch Helsing because it's, like, so fucked up and weird. <laughs> no, it's not... I can't remember which is the one. It was a different vampire one that I was trying to watch. Castlevania that somebody oh, tried to yeah. introduce me Castlevania to. Oh, yeah. Castlevania is like, so good. Could not watch. But yeah. I could not watch after, like, five minutes of it because I was like, okay, that's a lot of gore. Yeah, that's and the sort I'm that done. makes me a little upset. But also, if it's, like, in an AMV format, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, I, I can get pumped by, like, that weird kind of violence and gore. But, like, I can't watch a horror film at all. So it's, I'm strange. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are so off topic. Yeah, and we've been recording for so long, and this is a bonus time. episode. We gotta go. This, it's fine. We should just do a weird bonus episode where we talk about animes that we like <laughs> or something. Let us know if you want some bonus content that has nothing to do with, like, anything mythology related. Because I'm sure we'll, we'll have a few off, at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go off. Um, yeah... Um, I'm just trying to think of an outro for this. Um, I guess, you know, like, don't, don't, don't fuck all, like, the women in the village. <laughs> um, just, like, go try to find the meaning of life or something. Like, you know? Um, yeah. hold hands you with your boyfriend. Immortal, but, yes, hold hands with your boyfriend who, like, maybe is a furry. <laughs> um, uh, we support you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Bye. Media.